I'm ready to start. I'm ready to talk about some sweet ass fucking decks. I'm I'm fucking bricked. I could break diamond right now. Oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'm justifying the fact that the goblin was uh higher than the merfolk. Is there a merfolk list in these dumps, Alex? I don't fucking think so. Shut the fuck Get up. Fucked. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Pioneer Perspective. As always, my name is Brad, otherwise known as Brad Zimmer, and I am joined by Alex Lockley and himself. Alex, say hi. Hi. All right, now shut up. We have a guest with us today, Bridger, who is also an elk, the host of the Shock Seas podcast, featuring really cool new AI-generated art that I'm a big fan of. Hi, Bridger. Hi, how's it going? Hello. I'm good. We're talking about Dominaria United stuff, because today is Saturday, September 10th, the day before my favorite holiday. <laughs> <Brad>. <laughs> Jeez. Maybe I'll cut that. officially released it came out yesterday it's cool we have a bunch of lists to look at for new cards that are affecting <laughs> pioneer <laughs> we're gonna have fun with that uh all right <laughs> so first impressions of domino united before we get started hey bridger have you played any draft limited or anything online with new cards yes i have played uh two two games of sealed which uh, I forced Abzan and Jund, which got me the 7-0, or 7-X. And yeah. then I played two games of Limited. I also forced Jun, and then I got the 7-X also. So, it's how you do it. <laughs> what are you drafting with, like, what's the chase cards for uh, for Jund? So, um, there's that, it's that, there's a 3-drop that, uh, it makes a 2-1 every turn. I can't remember the name. And then you oh, sacrifice the Rackless one? Yeah, and it, that one's yeah. really good. Like everything's a, a X two, so those it, the two ones it makes just trade with everything. It's yeah, stupid. I've, I've noticed a lot of X twos. Um, the defiers are cool. Um, but are are you in like base yeah. red, base red, black, splash, and green? Um, it's actually base green black because that's the best. I'm best at that color, so I just take it because nobody oh, yeah, else takes no, it. Yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. No shit, you you're the, you're the Golgari guy. Um, yeah, I, I first picked a Squee, though, so I was like, okay, now I'm just going to have to build the deck around it, because that card's nuts. <laughs> uh, Squee, I've played against twice in Limited, and yeah. I dumpstered it both times, because <laughs> I just nice. made things that were bigger than it, and I'm like, yeah, you want to bring it back? I can block your <laughs> fucking tokens, too. Um, but no, nice. I, I've had a lot of fun with with Limited. Um, I forced Abzan, both my pre-release and my, uh, nice. my draft last night. I went X1... On the first one for pre-release, uh, with base Golgari splashing white for some removal and like Banalish nice. uh, sleeper, is really good. Mm-hmm. And then last night I got the uh, XO on um, Abzan, uh, but that was splashing green and black, base white. Mm-hmm. I had I had a, a fucking insane draft. I had Defiler Vigor was my pack one pick one. I, ha- I got the Lord for Soldiers past me, because there's a lot of incidental mm-hmm. making soldiers. Defiler is one of them makes it. Um, I got yeah. the um, the Angel that has Kicker, the 3-4 that like just deals two, and you gain two life. Um, oh, nice. Dark Angel. That's like one of the... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that's like considered one of the biggest bombs in the set. Oh, yeah. It's I was awesome. looking at the... 
Yeah, it's so good. Um, and then just a bunch of soldiers, uh, pretty much. It, it was nice. just really good. But yeah, I, I've really liked Limited so far. Um, mm. Have you done anything with like Pioneer, like any like any or even Explorer? Uh, seen any like uh, Dominary cards at all in that regard, or you just been doing Limited? Uh, me? Yeah, you. Yeah. Um, I've been playing a lot of Explorer because. I don't play MTGO because it gives me a headache to play it. Personally. Understandable. That's fair. But, but yeah, so I've been playing a lot of Explorer and uh, yeah, I've been testing a lot of stuff. Uh, the main thing I've noticed is a lot of Liliana. So yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of Liliana. But, yeah, but three Null Hide Ferox in your sideboard usually cleans that up pretty well. <laughs> oh man, I got <laughs> yeah. main deck Null Hide Ferox the other day. So I was playing on MTGO. <laughs> And I was playing against Gruul Aggro, and I had my Nicol Bolas, like, 4 mana, 4-4, four, four, and I was mm-hmm. like, this gave me, like, flashbacks of that Ravnica standard format. Um, <laughs> and they had one card in hand, it was kind of stabilizing, I was had a bunch of, like, 3-3s three or something, it was like, oh, play this 4-4, four, four, mm-hmm. you know, contest the board. I cast it, they just dropped the Nullhide Ferox, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I died two turns later, right? <laughs> like, okay. That was a game of Jeez. magic. Fucking hell. <laughs> Fun card. <laughs> I What's hate the other one? Card. The lo- locks it on Smiter? Is that the other one? Yeah. They At least that's a 4-4, four, four, not a fucking 6-6. Six, six. <laughs> yeah. Th- there's, also, uh, Ovar. there's also Ovar the all-form, which you can copy permanence if you discard a card. Oh, yeah. That, the funniest there is if you, your opponent makes a discard, and then you copy their Liliana. And it's like, how do you like that? And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fun, isn't it? Where your opponent makes you empty your whole fucking hand. <laughs> I still stand by that Liliana is, you know, awesome and like it's going to be good and all that stuff. We're already seeing her mm-hmm. in a lot of decks, but uh, Fable's still better. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. In my experience, I haven't really had a problem with Liliana. Which with a with a control deck, I expected Liliana to be a big problem, but mm-hmm. it's honestly been fine because she starts on three loyalty. So, generally, what I've had happen is my opponent plays a Liliana. They just made me discard, like, I don't know, like, some stuff. Okay, cool, dig through time fuel, I don't care. Um, and then I'll have the Blessed again, and then their hand is empty. And then I just Maestro's Charm it. And it's like, you made my job a whole lot easier by just... Because yeah. I'm perfectly fine, like, both discarding mm-hmm. two cards. Because I will just discard, like, expensive Wincon I don't need at the moment, and, like, extra land because I run 27, and you actually have to potentially discard cards that are useful. And even if you end up discarding, like, a Fatal Push or something that's dead in the matchup, just knowing you have zero cards in hand makes the game so much easier for me to play. Because now I know I can go, like, oh, I'll just main face this dick through time to hit my land drop and hold up Sinister Sabotage, and now I can just... I, I know... Like, nothing can happen that would, like, put me very far behind now. Where if my opponent has, like, mm-hmm. three or four cards in hand, I'm like, well, they could, like, double spell or something, so I might have to, like, miss this land drop and then hold up all my interaction. Yeah, uh, that's why I think people are playing their Lilianas out too fast, because sometimes it's just, like... People are racing they have a card, play. <laughs> they have, like, five cards in hand, and then they just have to discard it all because they discarded all their lands. Well, that's the thing. Reed Duke had a really good article uh, a few days ago, maybe last week, because, uh, of course, he is the Jund master. Mm-hmm. That was all about Liliana, saying, like, people, mm-hmm. like, in Standard Pioneer, it's like, hey, you have, you have Liliana now. 
you need to understand why she's good and how you play around her uh, or like play with her. And like it's she, he compared her to like Jace, Nessa shakes the world, Oko, that kind of thing. And he's like Liliana is not anywhere near close to being on par with these types of power levels of planeswalkers because in a vacuum she's not on that level, but within context she can be. And talking about like mm-hmm. you know how you want to have proper threats built around her to have something in front of her. That's why the whole Tarmogoyf into Liliana was so good for the longest time. Um, yep. to have like protection and then like cards that you want to have go into your graveyard to be able to continue playing with it like even in current modern with like Renin 6 discarding a, like a fetch land with Liliana then Renin 6 minus go get the fetch land do it again that kind of thing um, mm-hmm. is really good um, so like that if anyone hasn't seen it that, that's that's an article I really recommend looking at it's very well done because he's great yeah I need to read it but it just costs five bucks and I'm just like eh. <laughs> Yeah, I might um, drop five bucks but, to read a Reed Duke article. That's like, yeah, I'd that's like should. I know you get quality. <laughs> like one of my f- mm-hmm. like things on my, uh, it's not with this one. I had it for a while. Where you know, if you open like a new tab on your internet, it basically shows you like your favorites that like usually mm-hmm. open. I just had a specific Reed Duke article there for the longest time, which was just play more lands, and the whole article is literally just like take your deck. Cut two spells, add two lands. You're welcome. That's basically what the deck boils down to, but the article, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I had the same with the Thoughtseize article he wrote. I think it was him. Yeah, I, I, I didn't I didn't look at the author very much, but I'm pretty sure it was him. I would imagine it was probably him. But um, yeah. So let's get into some cool shit we're seeing with Dominator United so far. Uh, we got some league dumps to look at, some challenges uh, from the previous weekend, um, which obviously we're going to be seeing more challenges come up later this weekend as well. Uh, but for now, we have a decent amount of impact cards from Downer United. I'll start with Alex. Alex, are there any surprises that you're seeing so far, just perusing these deck lists? Anything that like we maybe talked about a little bit as like in our top tens, as honorable mentions, or even just spoiler season, where it's like that kind of ledger shredder idea of like holy shit we really undervalue this card and really didn't see the impact it could have yeah no, i i haven't really seen like a ledger shredder type thing in the way that like a card that i think came out of nowhere it's like wow it's so good now it like spawns archetypes that's like generally what i've kind of seen with dominaria united is that it hasn't really spawned archetypes but it has like basically everyone's gotten something yeah is like what mm. I've generally seen. I mean, Mono Red got Lightning Strike, Alex. That's fucking awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some people playing Phoenix Chick in Mono Red because it's really good into. Uh, no, yeah, I think. Faces Kakistan. Yeah, yeah the, that, one's, that one's very powerful. Uh, there's obviously, there is a healthy amount of Liliana in the format. Um, <laughs> to be expected. Yeah, to be expected. It's not like. Um, I, I think a card that I see it pop by here that I honestly wrote off as stone cold unplayable garbage, and it actually it looks pretty decent, and it's Shieldred. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like when I first read this card, I was like, "What the fuck is this bullshit?" Like, and I still agree that it's a very boring effect for a Praetor. Like, because mm. generally they're like pretty flashy or cool. 
like the original shield red is like the original praetors they're all like seven or eight mana even the like last three we've things. gotten yeah like jinga thaxis is like wow that's like such a huge card and it's just like four mana four four that drains but turns out cheap cards are more playable than expensive cards so would have been cool yeah. though oh, I... if the praetors finally gave us good reanimation targets in pioneer but alas Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this card's just been like pretty good. I think it's a lot of places where I've seen it. It has replaced Kalidas as like a main deck card, and I think that's generally correct. Um, I saw, and I'll talk about this list in a while with one of the sections uh, we've got coming up. But um, Lizzie Ram- uh, Rams, if I said it correctly, on Twitter they posted like a five zero. Uh, mono black uh, control list of all well, mono black um, mid range list, and that with like children and sign in blood, just to like mm. offset the life loss or just target your opponent and drain them for si- uh, like deal them six by the two life loss mm-hmm. and then the life loss of the um, children too. So, like, that card's looked pretty good, surprisingly. Yeah, it's like a, like a standout to me for a card that I expected to see zero play and has actually seen considerate amount of play. Yeah, Siege Rhino stats, stats that can drain for extra. It's always good, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like against like aggro decks, gaining life every turn, um, not being able to be like double stomped or like lava coiled by like mono red, um, <clears throat> where mm-hmm. Kalidus would fall in that kind of regard. Like, yeah, you, you double spell them uh, to have them deal with your Kalidus, which in some cases can be okay for you. But it does feel pretty bad when it's like double stomp because they just go into like Bunkers of Giants later anyway. Or even at that point, mm-hmm. like Kalidus just, just dies and you get no value. Or at least uh, the at worst case scenario, if they're somehow able to go like stomp Lightning Strike uh, for shoulder, they did lose two life. So like it mm-hmm. does something. I, I um, think what I also like about it is uh, what has bugged me about Kalidas is that in order to get the life gain, you need to attack with him, which means Mm -hmm. you can't leave him back to block. And Shieldra just sits there. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. doing her thing while being a blocker. And that really always bugged me about Kalidas, where my life total would be low, but I'd be, like, staring down opponent's board. It's like, I want to gain the life, but I can't attack. Because I just die on the crackback, and Shieldra doesn't have that. Yeah, it's also pretty decent against Phoenix because, like, what they're gonna go off? Like, <laughs> consider, consider, consider. Twelve mm, life. Yeah, yeah Jeskai ascendancy. Well. Get fucked, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lotus. If they try to do the uh, not hidden strings, I always forget the name of that fucking card. The, the five or drop. Pour? Yeah, here. Four of pages. Four. Yeah, they do that. That's so much damage. Yeah. Co- or they play Sultile. That Sultile ultimatum, and you're like, oh, you want to have pair into the abyss? Sure. <laughs> Target yourself, please. <laughs> then they're forced to target you. And you're like, oh, thanks. And then you're like, okay, I'll life. go up to 155 life. <laughs> it's really cool. Um, also, like, another thing with Shielder that I like is, like, in the Mono Black Devotion list, which I actually did play a few games with. Uh, I tried it out mm-hmm. uh, a couple days ago. And um, just having something to fill your devotion, have a nice blocker. Like uh, if you do want to go into that classic style of like the underworld dreams type of thing into like pure, you can do that with shoulder too and have a nice relevant body. Um, I'm a fan of that. I think it's really cool. But I mean, looking at these lists, 
one that I would kind of put in regards to shoulder that I really like. I don't think I, I don't think we overlooked it. I think we talked about her a little bit and like said that like maybe was kind of the consensus we came out at the end of it was uh, especially with me as a sack player was braids because of the whole like you may thing uh, was like kind of the concern. But I've been playing with braids um, and trying her out and seeing her way more in like lists. I haven't tried her with the Oni Colt Anvil thing yet, but I think that actually makes a lot of sense now that I'm seeing it. But Braids has been a bit of a pleasant surprise for me for as a sack player. Um, she looks good. Uh, Doomwake, in his testing with her, said the best way he can describe her and the way that his games have gone, it's not a one-on-one comparison because Corvold is an amazing card. Also five mana. This is like a three-mana Corvold, like a, a Corvold Light for your deck. Mm. Yeah. Without needing to go into green. So, like, just Corvold kind of scaled down to three mana. So, obviously not as good, but, like, what you'd expect if Corvold was a three drop. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, in fewer colors, which is good. Um, cheaper spell means you're more likely to be able to cast it in a game. I think what I found seeing Braids in action and then thinking about it some more is that... I think a lot of people, myself included, I just look braids as like this typical Punisher style effect, right? Where you give your opponent a decision and generally giving your opponent a decision is a bad idea. Um, but what I've seen with braids and I think what I, how I would go about building her, we talked a little bit before the recording, like you would want to play her in like an Oni Cold type of shell, is to actually make sure that it's not a Punisher effect by like sacrificing a blood token while your opponent has no artifacts in play. So really how people seem to build braids or how I think you successfully go about building braids is that you want that end step trigger to basically read at the end of your turn, sacrifice a permanent, draw a card and opponent loses two. Mm -hmm. So the mm -hmm. what I think when I evaluate braids, obviously also looking at it through what the original braids card did, is trying to see, oh, how do I make my opponent lose stuff? But I think you need to look at braids as, no, how can I use braids to get stuff myself? Like turn an Oni Cult 1-1 into a card, or turning a blood token into an actual card rather than a loot. And I think that's where you find the value of braids. Or mm -hmm. uh, claim the firstborn and use it to like sacrifice to claim the firstborn creature at the end of turn, which is also just brutal. Mm. I think that's yeah, where it is. I was just going to... Oh. Yeah, you go for it. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, uh, the game of Limited I won with Squee, I had a Braids in that pool as well. So Squee and Braids was just a stupid loop that I could just sack tokens over and over again. That's the opponent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just would, awesome. I sack a 1 1 Goblin. Would you like to sack a meaningful creature? No. <laughs> Next turn. Okay, I will ask you the same two. question as I did last turn. Would you like to sack a meaningful creature? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, then I draw a card. Fine. <laughs> Uh, basically shielded at that point <laughs> true like shielded without the life gain but if you're winning the life gain doesn't matter and the life loss is more relevant exactly. so in a way yeah i think uh it's sort of like a like a corvold light with like shouldered sprinkled on top which <laughs> exactly turns out for three mana i've really i've looked at braids and i want to build an edh deck around her like now that i've seen mm -hmm. Because yeah, people in EDH fun. are so fucking greedy. So, like, because it's for each opponent, you get to have this Punisher mm -hmm. effect. So, like, once you have, like, nine lands in play, 
you can sacrifice a land, and that's just ancestral recall because nobody sacks lands mm-hmm. in EDH. Like they could have twenty five lands in play and zero cards in hand, and they're like, "Yeah, but what if I draw an X spell?" Right? So they will never <laughs> sacrifice lands. So I was trying to make like like a deck that's like super low to the ground interactive and then has braids as like a huge card advantage engine and it's like look pretty sick and also actually ends the game which is cool because commander games have to end at one point true so Berger, has there been any cards that have kind of like surprised you so far um there was the two mana removal spell in green with a kicker for one and a black oh, i can't remember the so name good. at the moment that card's tear so asunder good yeah yeah uh i it's i haven't played with it much but it's i've i'm surprised at how much play it's i've seen people trying it out and it's been good for them because i mean it is just like the best of naturalize i think well, at two mana i think it's the best naturalize we have mm-hmm it isn't Beseju because, you know, Beseju is Beseju. <laughs> True. Yeah, but I, yeah, I see what you mean. Like, it seems great. I think Exile is very relevant against Grease Fang, too. Yeah. A uh, little less relevant really against Karn. Mono Green. Did you do Exile yeah, it, and then they're like, thanks? But. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, just down tick, go get it again. Down tick Karn. They're like, cool, I'll have it back. Thank you. But. It does get rid of Cavaliers and stuff, though, so that's kind of nice. Oh, yeah, of course, because if you pay four, you just get rid of anything. Yeah, that's... Mm. Yeah, yeah, true. That's like... I mean, I do agree <clears throat> within the Golgari shell, it is like the best naturalize. Like, that is akin to naturalize we've ever had. Yeah. Because that kicker is really some... good. And generally, I think we've seen them... I think, what was the other one that I think was like the better one for a while? Which was basically just naturalize, but another mode was exile a card from a graveyard. Uh, return to uh, nature or return to earth or yeah it was one of those because there's return to nature and then there's one that sounds exactly the same that it destroys all enchantments return to nature is the one that re- destroys all enchantments okay so then um, no return to nature destroy target artifact destroy target enchantment or exile target card from a graveyard back to nature is the one that oh, destroys all enchantments it's Jesus the Christ. same card. Yeah, it's the same. They're the same card. Uh, corporate wants you, wants you to find the difference between these pictures. They're even both two mana instants for one in a green. So <laughs> it's so dumb. But like, yeah, this what is. You... I overlooked this. Like, mega overlooked this. I was like, oh yeah, cool, another naturalize. It'll probably be fine. But nutty. It's main deckable. Yeah, I really liked it. <clears throat> I think um, that's the point. Yeah, just like Besaju, it's main deckable. Mm-hmm. Is very strong. So I'm looking at this Golgari list right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So Bridger, what do you think about this? It's the four Grim Flayer, two Scavengers, two T Dogs, four Graver Trespasser, two Tassigers, four Lilies, two Sorens, and then a bunch of removal. Uh, Blood Cheese Thirst running one Cut Down, four Push, four Thoughtsies, four Abrupt Decay, one Terra Sunder, one Invoke Despair, and that's your deck. I think it's cool. I don't like the Cut Down because I think that's just a bad card. <laughs> I've tried it. Like, it kills... Like, if there's a Graveyard Trespasser sitting there, it's just like, well, I guess I'm fucked. True. But you also have four Abrupt Decay in the same deck. I think think it's fine as, like, a one-of for just, like, Mm. if you have it in the early turns for, like, their, you know, like, an aggro deck. Mm. Easy to side out. Flex spot. I do feel like four Abrupt Decay, four Fatal Push, one Bloodsheaf Stirs, one Cut Down is a little excessive. Like, I think the Cut Down can go. 
Yeah. If anything, I think I think Abrupt Decay is more of a side card because I mean, there's a lot of hits, but if you run up against Phoenix, it it's like it's a dead card, and so it's like it feels really bad to have four in your deck that you have to swap out. I think I'd want the twenty fifth land in this deck instead. Yeah. I kind of like I like four main deck Abrupt Decay for the simple fact that it's easy to side out. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. I, I like having <clears throat> like cards that I just look at and go like, okay, what's the cut? Oh, this is horrible in this matchup. Bye. Oh, my opponent plays yeah. no things I can kill with this out. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. easy. Like, and I, I really like that. Though, I mean, even then, I, there is some validity to keeping a one or two abrupt decay against Phoenix because they do play Ledger Shredder, the oh, yeah. Ice, yeah. um, that kind of thing. Oh, I'd um, keep it. You, you, like you cut the. You cut the four Thoughtseize first before you cut mm. the, uh, I think, the Abrupt Decays. But, I, I mean, Abrupt Decay, it's a lot. I mean, I and mean, it's you get rid of the cut down, so... because the moment they put a counter on the Shredder, it's no longer dying to it, and nothing else yeah. does, basically. Or uh, if you, on, guess... on the stack, they could also just, like... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, on the stack, they're like, okay, consider, consider. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, I, I love the rest of the list. The only thing I have one issue with is Grim Flare. I just... The card, it's so hard to turn on Delirium without either lands or Bobble. Because you're just like, you have to wait till like turn four if you want to like discard Lilian twice or something. Yeah, there's no artifacts, yeah. there's no enchantments. So I, I do like, it filters your draw. Like, mm-hmm. even though like Grim Flayer is not often a 4 4, just a mm-hmm. um, basically a 2 mana 2 2 that says when it does combat damage, surveil 3. Is like no. pretty nuts. Yeah. So I could see that, especially in a deck like this that has a million removal spells, that you might mm-hmm. want to be like maybe against something like a more controlling deck that you mm-hmm. get. You play this early, like this is like on the play. This is your turn to play, like turn one Thoughtseize, turn two this, and you just smooth mm-hmm. out your draws in game one very well. So I don't hate it, but I do see mm-hmm. the the issue with it. I, think I really just think that if you have such place. a low that's it. Lily and the Sword. Oh, I was just gonna say. Nice. I was just gonna say. I think if you have such a low creature count, I think Grim Flayer gets worse, just because if it's your only threat you have on the board, and then they kill it, it's like you yeah. have no pressure at all. Yeah, like it. It, it eats removal. It's super easy to kill because there's not that much yeah. else to remove. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. this is just a symptom of us not having that many impactful two drops in the format oh for sure and i mean grim flayer it does fuel tassiger it fuels it, it can put tenacious underdog in which basically means it draws a card um mm. it can have fuel for scavenging ooze to eat to give you something to do at least mm. or the other card i want to cut if you attack with grim flayer and you accidentally have put soren in your deck you can maybe put it in a graveyard <laughs> like i look at soren i see Shieldred. one invoke despair and i'm like yeah either play shouldered or play two or three uh, one or two extra invoke despair like i would probably yeah i like the list and i love some rock some just good old rock um mm. but just like get rid of the cut down get rid of soren's play more devoked despair play more lands like, just i think they're missing a seeker's chariot i think that's a really good that's pretty four nice. drop over the soren's and an artifact because for the Grim Player. Yeah, it's an artifact also. And it's just so good. <laughs> and you could I, copy the Soren like tokens. Soren. Except you've got Soren for Cherry. Like, no, I just have such a strong I, hatred for Soren. I like Soren. Just cut the cut down. And like... 
I'm, I would maybe trim down to one Tassiger. I don't think you want, I don't think you need two. I'm actually really not a big fan of scavenging in the main. Um, I, I understand it's, it is good. And when it's really good in matchups game one, uh, it's really good against Phoenix and Greasefang, which there's a lot of Greasefang right now. But just something about Scoos, just like, it's it's that card where like when I play Scoos, it feels so fucking bad. But then I run into mm. a person that's playing Scoos, and I'm like, you can't all right, delete it. You're like, okay, fuck. <laughs> okay, I want to counter that one point with Liliana. Scoos gets way better because yeah, everyone's I, being forced to discard cards. So Scoos just has all the fuel you ever need. I've been testing it out in my personal list. It's felt really good. <laughs> it's felt closer to a Tarmogoyf than it had before. I can buy that. Yeah, I can buy that. Sense. It's just. I'm I am yeah. I'm a little at that biased. point I just want to play Ur Ur Lorgoy though, so I don't yeah. have to spend the mana to get it bigger. But yeah, that's probably pretty bad. That's true. Uh, then people are like, "Oh, you fueled my graveyard, delve spell," and then your Ur Lorgoy <laughs> is like mm-hmm. a two three. Like, yeah. yeah, there is. Although I shouldn't. No, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say I shouldn't be criticizing other people's mid range decks. I'm playing the Raven Man as a one of in mine. So. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, it's anti Liliana tech. I don't know, man. In curve. a four Thoughtseize, four Liliana deck, it's not like the worst idea. Not bad. Well, it, it, it's mostly just to make it so I can get around Liliana from having to sack meaningful creatures. Because <laughs> it makes bad tokens, so <laughs> I could just sack a Raven instead of having to sack my good stuff. It is good that it works on, like, is it every end step or does he only trigger on your end step if you Every end step. Ooh. That's pretty sweet. So any player can discard a card, so it counts like cycling and yeah. the sage you stuff. So that's pretty cool. Hmm. But yeah, it's a bad card. <laughs> I think it's cool in standard at least. I think I think the curve yeah. of Raven Man into Liliana into Soren and Standard is fucking sweet. But mm-hmm. there is two decks that I'm very interested in talking about in this particular okay. dump. We have Elves. And goblins. Nice. You know what they have in common, Alex? They're both Coco decks. Ah, the yeah. I've seen this elves deck, and I have um, I have a few issues with it. Though I do think the deck looks pretty sweet. I don't like. I, I find two Circle of Dreams Druid very weird. I think the card is like. If I am, I, I've hardly ever lost a game with elves where I untapped with Circle of Dreams Druid, I think. So I'd kind of want more. Mm-hmm. I don't like Steel Leaf Champion, like in this elves list at all. Um, and I think 19 lands with three of them being Nykthos. Mm, like I, I have some, I have an issue here with like not mm-hmm. casting all your green, 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 green spells. But like yeah. I've I've watched I only watched Barrow I think I watched like two matches of uh, Caleb, he played this deck except he ran, also he ran Elvish Reclaimer as a way to find Nykthos, which I thought was a pretty mm-hmm. interesting way to go about it. It didn't the, the two games I watched it was completely irrelevant and I think it was sideboarded out in both. But uh, I like the idea. That's spicy. But there it looked like Nykthos was a bit hit or miss. Like it's obviously it's it's pretty cool. Because Circle of Dreams Druid has the problem that like you have to play it, it's a 2-1, you have to untap with it. Or mm. hit it off Coco, and then you have the million mana. But his Nykthos, like, regularly jumped him, at least, like, 
two or three mana it netted him to like do extra things with, which is pretty sweet. But then there were also there was also a game where he had like um, a forest and a Nykthos, something like that, and he drew like five cards that costed green green, and then he conceded. Oh. It was yeah, that's kind of what I expected when you put sixteen green sources in a deck. Yeah, and you're, it's full I, I of think, cards. That I think Nykthos should either be a none of or like a one of. Um, yeah, I'd probably play one. I, when I go and order cards for my um, elves, I might order one Nykthos. Cards so fucking expensive. I don't want to buy it. Mm-hmm. I might buy one. Just proxy I, it. I could always throw it in my braid CDH deck if, like, you know, Perfect. I end up building that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds like they need to steal if those elves. Uh, I'm so sorry. I was just gonna say, it sounds like those elf players need to read that article. Play more lands, because <laughs> Jesus, only eighteen. I mean, it is like oh, nine, 19, but still, it is low. Oh. Like I've played elves, the, the land count is low, but it is because you play a bunch of dorks, uh, so you can absolutely get stuck on two lands and be fine. Um, and your deck has a lot of weak cards in it, uh, between like all your dorks. Um, Shaman of the pack is only good if you have a lot of elves in play, otherwise it's pretty shitty. So the, I think the low land count is okay, especially you see sideboard, like four Leyline of the Void is your graveyard hate, so your graveyard hate is something you're spending zero mana on. Mm. So I think it's reasonable, but it, it, yeah, you do just have these games where you have like a one lander with three dorks and like a Coco, and you're like after mulliganing, and it's like, I guess I'm just gonna have to like go with this, and then they kill your elf and you don't draw your second land, or you're just playing a, mm. what feels like a bad draft deck. <laughs> I want to complain real quick because Dwin mm. Elite pisses me off so much for a very simple reason. We get this effect a decent amount throughout Magic of some type of typing of a creature for two mana that comes in and makes a token of the same typing. We just got the Flash mm-hmm. one in Dominaria that makes a soldier. We have Lazata Breaver that makes an amass token a zombie. We have the Goblin one that makes a 1-1 one, one Goblin. You know what they all say. have in common? They're all 1-1s. One, Why the fuck does Elves get a 2-2? Two, two? Because it only works if you control another Elf. Like, Dwin and Zalit says, when it enters the battlefield, if you control another Elf, create a 1-1 one, one green Elf token. So it does only work in elves because otherwise it's just a bear mm, I still don't like it <laughs> we should get more cards like Dwin and Zelit and fewer generic but but I'm a I'm a I'm biased I like tribal decks well I, I think Isn't I mean Lazotep Reaver a 1-2 doesn't True. matter oh I'm just it, trying to remember yeah it, it is a 1-2 yes <laughs> but like it, it's a blocker no, you curve it, Crypt Breaker, into it, and you can immediately draw a card. That's what I like about it. Uh, I mean, I, I guess there's three uh, tribal decks to talk about, because there's a zombie, oh, yeah, the zombie in this fucking dump. But uh, let's finish up with elves first real quick. Uh, I do agree, because you're talking about Shaman of the Pack not being very good if you don't have a lot of elves, because that's the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. That does tie into why I also agree with not liking Sealy Champion as a random go-tall. I see both sides of it, though. Because in the games where you go turn one elf, turn two Steely Champion, and then you start like breaking down your opponent like that with like some beats with a, with a fucking 5-4, and then you start going wide and then 
finish them all with Shaman in the pack. Just, mm, oh, feels so mm. good. Feels great. Mm. But at the same time, going wide oftentimes can effectively do the same thing. Uh, unless your opponent's also going wide. So I, I see both sides of it. I um, think my problem is, is that like you go taller, but only like slightly. Like, yeah, it survives Anger of the Gods. Not a very often played card, and it's basically the only thing it has. You know, it, it's it's like starting a football team, and you have a bunch of 10-year-olds, and you have one 11-year-old. And it's like, is he a little better than the 10-year-olds? Like, on average, maybe. But you get all the, like, complaining, and then people are like, isn't he too old for the team? And you have to, like, do all that, like, management. It's like, well, it's because we don't have a team for 11-year-olds, so he has to play with these kids. So you get all that whiny-whiny about parents who, like, lose a game. And, like, it's because they have an 11-year-old, blah, blah, blah. And it's it's just, like, not worth the hassle. It's just that. See, I was, I was hoping. I, I knew you weren't gonna go this way because you don't fucking follow any like American sports. But I was really hoping you'd be like, yeah, a team of ten year olds, and you have Derrick Henry as the, as just your running back. <laughs> I don't know who that is, and I don't know what. Oh a running my back god. Is. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna hold a. Uh, just... I also don't know who that is, so don't worry. Derrick okay. Henry. Oh, he's an American football player. Look at that. I figured. Yeah, but that. there's there's a picture that is so fucking funny. Of him at of him at Alabama, um, at a coin toss, where he's just giant in comparison to another guy. Um, God, I gotta find it. It's where he was playing college. <laughs> I see it. I think I've got the picture. Holy fuck! Oh, I found it. It's so great. It's him. It's him with Mark Ingram, who's an alum. I just sent it. it it's he's <laughs> yeah. massive. He's huge. He's one of the best running backs in the league, and he's just his nickname is the King. And like, can you see why? <laughs> the man's a monster. He's he, he eats your children. Look at him; he's huge. <laughs> God, Derrick Henry is so fucking good. He finished like six in. He, okay, he only played nine games last year uh, in the regular season, and still finished sixth in the NFL in rushing yards in the entire league. There's there's 17, 17 games, by the way. He played nine and finished in top 10 for rushing yards. That's absolutely fucking bonkers. He had 900 yards Thanks. in six games. It's insane. Dude's a monster. Uh, I believe it. <laughs> Holy shit. Look at him. He's a fucking unit. I don't know what any of those words meant that you said, so I'm sure it's impressive. It, he's very 300 impressive. is a lot. It's a large number. Imagine he kicked a few balls into goals like soccer. You mean football? I don't, yes, I don't like those sports. Football. Yeah, sorry. If I say football, then I confuse Brad because it's stupid the way we have the split between Europe and America and the rest of the world. Oh, I mean, I, I'm cause... sorry, Bridger. Where are you from? What state do you live in, my friend? You're in Utah, right? Yeah, yes. they have a they have plenty of football in fucking Utah. Plenty of hand. Yeah, bag. but. Okay, here's the thing though, we don't have like a, an official football team because all we have is you have BYU, the, the two <laughs> BYU versus U of U. That's it. Like that's all the games I've ever like. That's all anybody talks about. <laughs> the two colleges. 
Yeah, the, the well, problem I mean, here is, is I, you I have Vegas. Even, you have the Vegas Raiders. Congrats. I can't even yeah. get a European on and then start talking about football just to confuse Brad because I still wouldn't know what the fuck I'm talking about because I don't follow that either. So like, I can't even. Do I know that. more about soccer than you do. Probably. Maybe <laughs> I could get someone on to talk about volleyball. Look at that. Yeah, if you guys start talking about swimming, I'm there. I know how that works. I know how to Michael swim. Michael Phelps loves weed, and so do I. He's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to swim, and that's about where my knowledge on swimming ends. If you throw me uh, in so water, I don't drown. Have you seen the videos of like the training for like like uh, basically like five and like ten month old babies where they throw them into the pool so they learn how to swim? No. They just throw them into the deep end. <laughs> what the fuck? It's apparently, supposedly, it's an actual, like, when you do it properly, um, like, there, you have, like, you know, like... It's In what like way? What do you mean shit. properly? Is that, like, a good way to throw the kid, or do you mean with, like, the right <laughs> safety? Like, the no, right you safety throw them in, if you throw them in head first, then... <laughs> yes. No, no, that's literally what they do, and they, like, literally just sink, you gotta like, get some air on the child, down, and they, they just wait, and they let the kid, like, basically, like, the instincts kind of kick in. It's the same thing where they mm-hmm. say, like... Up until four years old is the most important time to like also teach a second language because that's when you're developing. Mm-hmm. You also have to uh, teach them the instinct of fear of drowning, <laughs> so they learn how to <laughs> swim. <laughs> oh, Which it's is like Tuesday a, it's evening. You know what well, that means? Mommy and Poppy are going to give you a near death experience. <laughs> <laughs> It'll and be good like, for you. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but like. I get really freaked out when I'm next to a pool or any body of water. I just I can't figure out why. <laughs> but you can swim, right? Or did did they have to drown you as a child? Like, would that have been good? Oh, I can swim. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I live in Florida. I have to. It's law. <laughs> there are gators here. I have to be able to get away. Oh yeah, because that's the best way to escape a gator: is to start swimming. <laughs> You swim to the shore and then run in zigzags. Yeah, okay. yeah they can't chase that <laughs> I was shit. Like, I just pictured a scenario where you're walking by the river and you see a gator and you're like, oh, I'm going to get away with this. You swim away. <laughs> I think you're losing uh, that. No, <laughs> we, we swim in like fucking lakes all the time. And the best thing about swimming in lakes in Florida is like you look down and you can't see your feet and they're, they can get pretty deep. So it's like you can't see shit. Ugh. Um. Yeah, it's fucking. Oh, there's also the rule where if you go to a beach, you're taught from a very small, uh, uh, as a very small child, you are always taught to do the shuffle, where basically you don't pick up your feet when you're walking in shallow water uh, at a beach. You literally just like keep your feet planted in the in the sand and you just kind of sh- like shuffle like this, like just without is picking up your like feet. Is that to like spot the gators because otherwise you're standing on their feet on their heads no this is this is in the ocean my friend uh this is for stingrays oh, yeah. for jellyfish oh just for no, stingrays because if because they they like to burrow themselves underneath the sand I, like right underneath the surface i'm of the starting sand. So to understand why bodies of water freak you out <laughs> like i'm starting to understand <laughs> oh, no, they don't, they don't oh, freak if, me out if you go in this saying, one like, you can't see your feet and there might be an alligator there to eat you if you go in this one there might be a stingray <laughs> and you just straight up die on the beach it's like you, hey, that's <laughs> how they got steve Irwin. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. If you go into a public pool, there's going to be like AIDS band-aids in there. So you got to watch out for that too. And children. <laughs> and children that are gross. And children that are being drowned, so they might be a bit random in their behavior. <laughs> <laughs> you might um, randomly get bitten by a drowning child. <laughs> uh, have I told you how I got bit by a baby gator once? That's awesome. Were you interrupting in swimming lessons? 
no i have uh, no, idea. no uh we i was i was going tubing and we were at the lake and there's the little dock where you like the like the road kind of like goes into the water so you like a truck like with like the hitch on the back or like for the boat you'll like go in reverse and like get the boat in the water and unhitch it and whatever um so we're waiting for the boat to get dropped into the water and uh i'm standing off to the side and i look down uh, by like by the sh- the shore the shoreline of the the lake and uh there's a little just a little baby gator chilling there and i'm like oh that's cute and my <laughs> dumb ass is like i'm gonna you stick my foot in its it. face i literally i literally just took my foot i'm like here <laughs> like right right now on it and it just fucking clamped on and like i just did the quick little <laughs> and it just yeeted it into the water um i felt really bad because i'm like fuck the mom <laughs> yeah she's here somewhere uh but it, it just yeah it, it bit me how <laughs> painful was it it wasn't that bad it was just it was a baby like they don't have like it like, a full-grown gator has like the psi strength of like breaking bones and shit and like that because mm-hmm. you know they they yeah. would have just yeah i mean it's all That's they like, do really. they're dinosaurs three thousand i mean dude gators and crocodiles are so impressive there's a reason they're my favorite animal like unironically, they are my favorite animal. I have gator stickers all over the back of my laptop. I have a gator pin on my my uh, my what's it called? My backpack. Fucking love gators. Awesome, nice. but they're so interesting because they are one of the oldest beings mm-hmm. on Earth. Yeah, I saw a video about that, like how like gators survived, like because they were around with the dinosaurs, but they didn't die. Yes. And it was basically just on like because how. they're the perfect predator. <laughs> but it will the, the part of the video was like, well, you think gators didn't die, but like ninety eight percent of them did. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but just these two percent actually made it out of that period because they used to be way larger. I think that was it. Like there were species of crocodile that were or gator. Oh I yeah, they're the fucking. In, uh, yeah, were, if you ever like, see like the skeletons they're massive yeah they were just like oh yeah that's a submarine and it's like no that's an animal and you're like what (laughs) (laughs) yeah see the mouth over the other end and you kind of just like peek over where the fucking rib cage is blocking the entire front it's blocking the view you're like yeah you're like oh shit (laughs) side note you want to hear a really cool fun fact sharks are older than the rings of saturn Jeez, that's crazy sick isn't that sick (laughs) it's fucking awesome yeah Sharks are cool. It's another animal I like. I like. Brad, I like the personally. Yes. I get that you like gators, but crocodiles. I'm gonna have to say are cooler. They got pointier mouths and stuff. Uh, crocodiles are also <laughs> more dangerous. They're more likely to be aggressive. I can't oh, yeah. meaningfully tell the difference. They're also bigger. I uh, just see like scaly things. Are like square jawed. Alligators are rounded. Yeah, shorter snout for gators. Both terrifying uh, animals in their own right. Mm. However. More likely to run away from you than anything else. Uh, if you if there is an animal you should be terrified of and never in your entire life be near nor fuck with in any regard is a goddamn hippo. Yes. They're the most deadly animal in the entire world. The Tear Zoo video. Do you know Tear Zoo? I love Tear yes. Zoo. The Tear Zoo video on hippos it. is so funny. Where it like explains like what they do about swimming. Where like it basically they talk about it as if they like ex- they like exploiting a game mechanic. Yeah, they're running on the to... the cer- like the the floor. Yeah, they're they're the so water. dense that they just walk on the bottom of a lake on the floor yeah. of a lake. Which is... <laughs> like they don't need to swim; they just run after you. You're like, oh, okay, that's fair. 
Oh, I have to swim and you can run. No, okay. Yeah, it's like... That I means you be, didn't have, have to drown to your babies when they were younger, did you? Because you just woke. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I have to fucking essentially feel like I'm in a dream punching underwater. When I'm trying to get away from you, and you're just like, this is casually like stroll up to you, and they're fast as fuck too. (laughs) So it's not like you can outrun them once you make it on the. Let's be honest. How many animals can you actually outrun? (laughs) I can outrun a mouse, I think, pretty well. I mean, I think they jump. I think there's quite a few animals you could like outrun to the point where they can't like meaningfully like attack you. So even though they're faster, they can't like do much with that speed difference it does like a cheetah who will just like leap at you and it just like as if you're standing still but i think there's quite hey, Brad, a few animals a bird, you can like run away from not me if me and a bird I... were having a foot race i would kick its ass <laughs> that's all i'm saying what kind of bird a pigeon i can outrun an ostrich, a pigeon an ostrich exists there? i will say brad Shit. now that you think about it and i'm trying to think like man there are very few animals that i'm able to outrun <laughs> Like, yeah, that's why you're literally like, taught to either make yourself bigger to scare them away or just pretend you're but dead. I'm just trying to think how. Like, how did we get so fucking slow? Is it because we're bipedal? Is that, like, the problem? Yes. It's because we're geniuses. We evolved, you can use a gun to kill any animal we want. We evolved to rely on tools and, you know, actually Yeah, but, like, did we have to, to ditch the speed? Like, we could have just had really it all. We had speed. I mean, we were monkeys, right? And I think monkeys are faster. No, we shared it. We shared a common ancestor, Alex. The, we were not monkeys. We just shared the common ancestor as primates because we are a primate. Yeah. Okay. But like, what was that common ancestor? We had a tail at one monkey? point. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, yeah. Uh, I know like, Lucy. I think is one of the common ancestors. Lucy is the oldest one. one that she is. is yeah. She's she's yeah. the four point seven million years old one or seven point two one of those. Yeah. Um, she's the oldest uh, ancestor that we've been, or lineage we've been able to identify. Mm. Um, yeah, I can't compete with Brad. He's a school teacher, so he knows all this stuff. Like, oh, I, pol- I, I spent like, literally like last crazy. year. I spent an entire because I had to cover a science class. We talked about Lucy for like an entire fucking period. It was great. I was, nice. I, was I was hype as shit because like wait, some one kid's like, I'm not a monkey. I'm like, no shit, you're not a monkey. And then I literally I made a I made a chart and I'm like this is the A stands for common ancestor. See how it branches off? Here's you. Here are other primates like apes and fucking chimpanzees and what you refer to as monkeys. You are not a monkey. You did not come from monkeys. We just split off. That's it. You fucking idiot. Stop talking to your parents who voted for Trump. Which was like 90% of my school. Yikes. Anyway, what? after this mon- monkey, <laughs> crocodile, football, soccer, Donald Goblins. Trump jab-related um, detour, you know, let's talk about. Oh, it's like we go from Trump supporters to goblins. <laughs> <laughs> What's the difference? Um, <laughs> goblins also, are actually side note, smell I, I want to say one thing. I want to say one thing. I want to say one thing. Yesterday. And they're more entertaining. I I was hoping that Twitter would unban Trump for just a day. For just a day. Or, I'm sorry, Thursday, when the Queen died. Was it? No, that was yesterday. No. Thursday. When did she die? She died yesterday, right? She died this week sometime. So, yeah. Okay. I was, dude, if just let him say. Thursday, she died. Thursday? Okay. Let him him say whatever he wants. 
I mean, I didn't, I didn't look on Truth Social to see if he said something about it, but yeah, I forget that he has that, dude. I he's he's so fucking funny. It's the dude, dichotomy. You can, re- you can like read Truth being... things there. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the dichotomy of it being like such an awful person, but literally one of the funniest people on, on the planet. Like, I miss him being the president because it was it was just a it was an experience every day. I'm like, what's he gonna say? What is he gonna say? It's like the John Mulaney bit about the horse in the hospital. <laughs> but, but okay, goblins. 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 Uh, so, I think this is cool. Yeah, I'm Alex. What, what's what's the list? Show so me. The, Tell ooh. me. Um, so it is uh, Gruel Goblins, but it's literally just mono red with a collector company splash. There's no even green cards in the sideboard. Um, deck also just has nine. No, it's got eight green sources that are, and then four pathways, which you will most likely want to play on red, but you can play on green in a pinch. Um, list is four firebrand, uh, fanatical firebrand, four legion loyalist, mm-hmm. three skirk prospector, four battle cry goblin, two snoop, four pile driver, four uh, rundveld horde master. Two Rebel Master, three Goblin War Chief, two Hoblo Goblin Bandit Lord, uh, which you are obligated to buy in Spanish, by the way. Um, mm. Squee Dubious Monarch, and then four, uh, one Squee, and then four Collector Company. Kind of surprised that the three War Chief, three Hobgoblin Bandit Lord. Well, yeah, three. It was three and two. Yeah, three and two. I would, I would probably cut the Rebel Masters and the Squee and just go four four, but. But other than that, this, yeah, this, Ravel, this is pretty sweet. I, I Ravel Master is the one that makes a goblin token every turn and then forces you attack to attack, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a bad choice for goblin decks because it forces all goblins to attack. Yeah, and if, if you have uh, multiple, you are forced to swing out. With yeah, both other goblins, can, you control attack each, yeah. But also just like I, mean, I feel what, like you don't Legion War Boss instead. really need it. I don't yeah. like War Boss. They're, they're like Ravel Master and War Boss in a way strike me they are these type of cards that just they're like these one card win cons that you board in in a deck where you expect everyone to board out all their removal and in others other than that i never find them particularly good squee has the upside that it's just super durable so i can mm-hmm. see why you played it exactly you've already got four done in a bug bear so yeah i don't know this it's in the bug bear x amount after yeah I guess. and yeah if you want more than four then which i can understand the card's insane um and obviously mm. it's a new card right people want to play mm. the new cards test them but yeah i have no like big, big comments on this list it looks pretty clean other than like going to that four and four split that i would want other than that i mean i, I don't if mind I'd play goblins i'd probably play this three. i'd build it like this yeah, I don't. I actually, I, I, I would rather have. I actually, I like the split of three, two, and one between those because I think Warchief is just not as great as you want it to be. Um, because there's no real benefit to stacking the effects if you have multiple Warchiefs other than casting a Squee or a Rabble Master for one. Everything else mm-hmm. stays the same. Um, True, and then. Yeah, you you just end up giving your shit double haste. Cool, uh, but it is like a ridiculous then, three drop. Like, 
If you if you unzap with a goblin warchief, you can do disgusting things. Which mm. is why I tend to want that kind of card as a four. Yeah, but I, I would want I don't know, like Hobgoblin always is a lord. It's an actual lord. True. Um a little bit more durable as a two three. I always thought for some reason I thought Warchief had first strike. I guess it doesn't. I think also, if I would go into the eight lord thing, I would want to find room for uh, Goblin. Is it Instigator? The one in the red? 1-1 one, one that gives you a 1-1? One, one. Yeah, mm. that, yeah, Instigator. Yeah, just to also go with um, making that one mana, but then having Skirk Prospector means it's basically a ritual combined with Runfeld Horde Master, and now you're like one mana draw to uh, one mana right of flame that also draws you two cards like i'd kind of mm -hmm. want to be in like that territory true but you're also a coco deck so you're trying to go for most impactful hits and that is not a very yeah. impactful hit yeah and like pile driver yeah. is a lot more attractive in that way yeah if you're not running coco i could see you just i could see the uh that card coming in um but as a coco i i would literally we just want to stop playing if I hit that or if God forbid hit mm -hmm. two of them of a Coco and you're like oh that's yeah, that's cool I don't know I if you have two lords in play I wouldn't mind four three threes true but like I'm imagining the position in which you're like I go turn one like firebrand and then like turn two loyalist and skirk prospector um turn three I'm like okay I'm trying to get this Coco down um and then you Coco and just more I mean, dorks man, basically like if we're talking about like a deck that needs to go i find legion loyalist is pretty good <laughs> fanatical firebrand this is like so medium it's okay I mean, it kills dorks which is basically the only upside it has i mean that, yeah against so mono good. green you you need to fucking make them stumble in like <laughs> as much as possible i just wish we had mock fanatic man well that doesn't have haste but i still think i like that more i wish we had what's his name Muxus. No. <laughs> oh, jeez. Best Muxus of one Pioneer cool. would not be very good, though. <laughs> Muxus and Pioneer would still be like... There's no Matron. Oh, it, but other than Matron, yeah. you basically have everything else you need, right? Yeah, you're missing the other so. Goblin Ward, because Historic has both oh, yeah, Mana yeah. Wards. Yeah, uh, and you want as much and haste they have the to old go with squee. your Cranko. Old Squee? No, Squee, Cranko, yeah. Yeah, the, you, the four mana Cranko. We oh, don't have that yeah. Cranko's not Pioneer League Oil. I always forget that. Thank God. Talking about, I a, hate one card. Talking about a one I, card win condition. I I hate Cranko so much. Like, I fucking. Like, I, whenever I played against Goblins when I was playing Historic, I did not give a shit about Muxus. I gave a shit about Muxus hitting Cranko. Yeah. <laughs> that was the yes. thing. Cranko like, and Haste. Fuck. Game. <laughs> like, we're yeah. done. It's like okay, cool. That's fun. But yeah, I, li I like this. I like this a lot. I'm happy to see goblins doing stuff. And of course, as these, as we keep playing, we're gonna see these lists and like elves and stuff like that get more fine tuned. But fuck the new lords. Who gives a shit about goblins and elves when you can go back to the basics of playing some goddamn zombies? Where's the list? There it is. Mono Black Zombies, we have four Champion of Paris, four Crypt Breaker, four Dread Wanderer, four Lazotep Reaver, four 
great graveyard trespasser. Okay, it's a good card. It's fine. Four, two Khalid. Okay, also yeah, it, a cool yeah, card. It turns Four out Liliana. the best way to play zombies is to play fewer zombies, which is pretty. Yeah. Well, actually, Kalidus is pretty pretty fucking sick in zombies because it may not be a zombie itself, but every time you kill something, you're like, I'm going to pump my champion to perish by having a zombie enter. Clear I mean, up you can blockers, also just eat your other zombies. That's true. Also, did, eating did like a Dreadwander is pretty cool. The sideboard, I think, has a pretty spicy Witch's Vengeance. That's kind of that's kind of neat. But yeah, I like yeah, that. We, we've seen that. That is like the the best like thing you have ever. Like if you, I, I played a lot of mono black aggro, and that was always a card you ran in that because you wanted a lower costed uh, sweeper, and pretty much you mm-hmm. wanted a sweeper straight up for spirits. Yeah, that I was, was always your that. worst matchup. When I played zombies, I just got my shit kicked in by spirits so often. Yeah, it's just, just the like, better yeah. tribe, and you're like, this doesn't seem fair. But then you top deck a witch's vengeance; they don't have spell clover or any counters, and you're like, who? Like, <laughs> I win the game. <laughs> uh, but now you have Liliana. Uh, three eliminate is pretty cool. I'm a fan of eliminate. I think it's pretty well positioned in the format at the moment, especially with Liliana in the format now. Um, yeah, I like this. I like zombies. It, it, it always makes me laugh that they always play this. That they're playing this Liliana over the one that specifically makes zombies. It's because that's it's four like, mana. I nah. tried four mana. Just <laughs> no, no, the the three mana one that the negative two. Oh, gets last them back hope. And then, yeah, that that's also yeah, not very hope. good. I I tried that one too <laughs> because the zombies are like her ultimate. Yeah. Like, that is such a true. ridiculous ultimate, though. It oh is a great God. ultimate. Like for a three mana planeswalker, it's the most. It's probably the most I win the game ultimate on a three mana planeswalker. Because you will just yeah. win. Where like the Kenrith yeah. twins is like draw four and do a bunch of damage. Probably game over, but not guaranteed. There's a Liliana yeah. one. Yeah, you're you're not you're not stopping that. I mean, ever. Teferi's uh, ultimate, I think, is pretty win more. Draw a card and bounce something. <laughs> <laughs> The moment it comes down, no, I'm, gl- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm Tef- glad we banned it for that reason because the minus three made it way too good. Tef- I mean, that was part of the reason. Static. Good, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. It's very so stupid. I miss him. No, no I'm not afraid to say it. I I miss playing with him. No three mana to fairy and no veil of summer are maybe like the main two reasons why I want to play pioneer over other formats. There is no veil. There's no Teferi. I'm in. Right, and the yeah. other alternative for that is standard. <laughs> nope. So, <laughs> I, it's just I Jun piles now. I mean, I just mm. don't want to buy a playset of Mitook Massacre and Liliana, so I don't want to play standard. Dude, I yeah. miss so much. I miss playing Four Color Wreck, Omnath, Teferi, Uro, Wilderness Reclamation, Expansion Explosion. All these things I oh don't miss. <laughs> I do. That was so much fun i miss world tree combo that was my favorite part about wilderness hey we still got that yeah you can play that sam is doing something sam played it with the new lotus yeah and that means you play that on five and on turn six you play your sixth land and that turns on your world tree and then your five other lands plus the lotus crack your world tree and then you win (laughs) it's so convoluted now (laughs) i mean you could also just ramp to 10 i know I just well, no, I'm just, where I can just. It just seems like there's so. I mean, uh, it just seems like there's so many more easy ways to do it. I mean, like four. Do that. Four hour of promise, 
four Golos, a couple of Valakuts, so you can put your gods on the bottom if you accidentally draw them, and then mm -hmm. cards, and that's a deck. <laughs> so I miss... Uh... You know, it's a card we haven't seen yet that I, I still think it needs to be tried is the world spell from Dominator United and like a big old I tried to deck. brew a deck and I immediately ran into the problem of like the balance between threats and ramp is still shit <laughs> like that was my problem I tried to build with it I was like this still looks so clunky where like I don't need a 10 drop Pioneer has 5 drops that win you the game True. Mm -hmm. Like that was my problem with it. It looks really cool on paper, and I tried to build with it, and I looked at the deck, and I was like, "This just looks like so bad." I just couldn't be bothered, and I stopped. It's unfortunate. Maybe if you get like the enchantment loop going, where you get uh, it's that that Heliod. Uh, I can't remember what it has a art of. Uh, it's the Nyx card. I forget the name, but it returns an enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep. So you just go to read ahead level two, so then you can loop it next turn. So you just get the two levels really fast. Oh, yeah. That's pretty Because it brings it in your upkeep. You get the first trigger where you dig seven, and then uh, since Saga's trigger on your after your draw step, it goes Ah, oh, yeah, it immediately gets and two, then three. it comes back. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of a cool loop. I just... I don't know. I mean... For the sake of the card of the power, I don't know uh, the power of the card. I don't know if it'll be fun. I just wish yeah. the third one said you can cast two permanent spells without playing your mana cost. because uh, yeah, so your best hit, your best hits are Eldrazi, but just yeah. putting an Ulamog into play for seven mana, but not getting the XL two cards is honestly mm. not even that good. Like, Ulamog actually yeah, definitely you're better off just playing things. Aetherworks Marvel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the other day I was playing a, a Turbo Titan deck, but I was playing Ulamogs in it just to test it out. And somebody skull, Soul Scar maged my Ulamog down to like a 2 2. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, this card sucks. Unplayable. My 10 10 indestructible unplayable is bad. Um, oh, it's like, why does this little 1 1 guy, he just kills a giant Titan? Why isn't this. The, the Gatewatch really need to, you know, bring this guy on. He's magical. Um, you know, it's like, okay, I saw a Saffron Olive tweet about it. It's a thing in Standard. Oh, excuse me. It's um, the new return Planeswalker to the battlefield kind of thing. Kind of like uh, what's whatever escapes death. Like the new one from Dominar United, but with Tamiyo. Mm -hmm. Because you do Is it that. Is that Cruelty of Gix? No, that, no, it's a it's a white one. It's a white one. Oh, uh, Ursa, with something the Titans assembles the Titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you just go down tick uh, Tamio to create it, like exile it from your graveyard, create a copy of it, and then read ahead to it, and then bring back Tamio again. Hmm. So it's an infant loop. No, because it exiles it on Tamio's minus. Oh, okay. But Tamio is the minus where you exile uh, converted mana costs X or less. Mm -hmm. or like but equal Tamio goes X. to the yard and Urza assembles the Titan allows you to play one from your hand. Isn't it Graveyard? Isn't the last one read ahead? No, it's Graveyard? Scry 4, blah, blah, blah. Top of your library if it's Planeswalker, put it in your hand. Cool. Uh, two, you may put a Planeswalker card with mana value 6 or less from your hand onto the battlefield. And the, mine, and the three is you may activate loyalty abilities of Planeswalkers you control twice this turn rather than only once. 
I think of the wrong card. There could be another one that brings my I'll have to check. I mean, it, that would That's be like... That's Cruelty of uh, Gix, I think. That one brings... It's a creature. Um, cruelty of Gix is only a creature. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Saffron Some, Olive just smoking mess at Something the time. is amiss here. Just making stuff up. No, we're, we're, I'm sure we're missing <laughs> why, something. Why did I type in Saffron Olive and it's not popping up? Is it two Fs? I think it's just yes. at MTG Goldfish, isn't it? No, he's at Saffron Olive. Okay, so let's see if I can find his post. Okay, yeah. Tamio. Tamio reanimating Urza's Assemble the Titans is super sweet. Yeah, that's what he said. Mm. Okay, I guess it doesn't loop. It's not loop, but it's oh. just sweet. Just good synergy. You down tick, grab it, and then like you can immediately drop like a different walker. Or yeah. if you have another planeswalker in play, you can just get it from the yard and then activate it twice again. Oh! I th no, because it's twice rather than one, so it doesn't get additional activation. I don't know, but like, I think if you have Urza assembles the Titans and you get the twice, you could probably play Tamio, tick her up, then tick her down to grab it and still have your Tamio. Is that? Hmm. Is that it? Honestly, Tamio just with sagas in general is just really good. Yeah, Tamio yeah, is pretty really cool. This segues very nicely into the next we want to talk about. First things first, though. Nice. We want to thank you all for listening to the Pioneer Perspective so far. We are the official podcast of the Playway Discord server. You can find Alex and myself write articles and Bridger as well for playingpioneer.com. You can also go ahead and join the Patreon and help support the show in that way as well. Um, we have Patreons a shout out. I have them. I am prepared for once. Nice. Hold on. It's loading. <laughs> I'm prepared. <laughs> Less Hold prepared on. than I was. So we have Sir Epic. We have Bridger, who's here. Hi, Bridger. You support the show. Hi. Um, we have Patrick Newman, Exciting. Will Ferguson, Aaron Richardson, Dwayne Lesnar, and Oyvind uh, Bakeli. Fuck, Alex, you pronounced it better than I did the last time. Uh, I think it's Oyvind Bakeli. Yes, I need the accent. I don't have Oyvind that. Bakeli. Uh, so yeah, and of course we have o Kevin Oyvind, over on Anchor. Oyvind. It's like a U. It's like, pronounced like a U, I think. Kind of like a U. Yeah. Mm. Nice. And of course we also have, so thank you so much to you guys for Patreon and support and that kind of thing. Uh, you get early access to episodes every week, as well as uh, having some input on uh, episode segments and episode topics and things like that, which we will get to in just a moment. But of course, we also have InkGaming.com for merch, that whole thing. Uh, Playmats, two links. One's for the affiliate link. If you don't want to get shit with our face on it, the other one is our store. So thank you so much. And that leads us back into today's topic. We have a few members of our Patreon that are in one of the tiers that we call the Angry Cow Support Tier, which is a wonderful picture of Angrath, our favorite planeswalker in the world. I know Alex's is actually Nicol Bowles, but mine's Angrath. Angrath is better I mean, Angrath because he has is daughters. Awesome. So, like, I'm sure, right? I'm not gonna. Yeah. Let's hope he doesn't get completed. Like, if they do that, I'm gonna be mad. Dude, they won't. Angrath's literally the way he just fucking dipped out at the oh end. Oh my god! I so, so want Angrath back on the new Ixalan, and he's just like, fuck <laughs> again. Yeah, <laughs> they, they should. They really should. They should um, give him a really yeah. short cameo in the story where he just shows up. And it's like, oh no, 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 fuck you, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, and he just planes <laughs> walks away immediately. I, I don't know why. Alex, it's like the Simpsons gif. Just... Walks into the door, just like fucking hat on the rack. Nope, never mind. 
uh, the way you were describing it, Alex, for some reason, I just imagined Angrath. Like he did the he does the Home Alone cheat hands to face. Like the I, I can't even describe it. <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, oh no, I'm back on Ixalan. <laughs> <laughs> but um. <laughs> But part of the Angry Gal support tier that uh, is a benefit of that is that every month you can uh, send us a message on Patreon um, or, or wherever else uh, to basically be like, hey, I have an idea for a segment uh, or even if the idea is broad enough uh, that we can actually kind of go into a little bit of a deep dive, we might be able to even make an entire episode about that. Uh, so Oyvind, uh actually made a suggestion for because they're one of the members of the Angry Cow tier. In regards to uh, a thing for a segment that we want to go over, and it actually kind of fits in with the whole Tamio and the Urza symbols, the Titan thing, because it revolves around a super friends type of thing. Uh, so let me go ahead and actually read out the question that they had, uh, and I'm and I'll expand on it more, and we'll talk about more in regards to like an entire segment. So he's saying uh, that he played. Uh, Black, white, Gideon control in modern. Uh, Jace uh, came back and then made the deck kind of bad when it was unbanned. And he's saying now that Liliana the Veil is printed into Pioneer, they want to try the same thing here. So could black, white, Planeswalker, Tribal work in Pioneer? I want to expand on that in a bit more than just beyond it being just straight up black, white, Planeswalker control. We'll talk about Gideon Tribal and like Gideon of the Trials and things like that, of course, um, to be their first question. But of course, I want to talk more about the validity and the um, effectiveness, potentially, of Super Friends in Pioneer in general. Because that's an archetype we haven't seen in quite a while. Sometimes you see these like these mid-range lists, that, like we've seen, a, and, and actually Orzov a decent amount as well, that plays a mm. decent chunk of Planeswalkers, or even like Mono White Legends played a good Planeswalker sweep and that kind of thing. But we haven't really seen a Super Friends build-around thing. So how would you go about making super friends work? And we'll start with the actual like black white thing first before we go into other colors. So Alex, your control, that's the closest thing I can think of to wanting to play super friends. Cause all Fair Bridger enough. and I have now is Liliana. Yeah. And Golgar, uh, Vraska Golgari queen. No. Um, <laughs> the card's bad. Yeah. So, um, first of all, yeah, like the real missing of a super friends deck. If I think, do you guys recall, I think about like, this must have been like about 2018, before Jace the Mind Sculptor got unbanned for sure. Did you guys look at any blue-white control lists in Modern at the time? They were hilarious. They had like mm-hmm. one yeah. Jace Architect of Thought, one Gideon Jura, one Elspeth. Like, <laughs> like their win condition was literally just like, I pulled all cool Planeswalkers out of my sideboard and call uh, out of my uh, binder and call it a win condition. Yeah, this was, this was actually before uh, Hero Dominaria even was printed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so like, they were just like, yeah, we're just playing cards. I don't fucking know either. Like, there was blue-eye <laughs> controls, basically, like, removal, and then, like, stuff that wins the game, I guess. Like, that was yeah. what the whole deck was. So I, Or miracles. Yeah, kind of missing something like that. But mm-hmm. I think kind of connecting with um, the question anyway is that I think if you want to go about Super Friends, I think Orzov is a very good place to be. And that's just because Pioneer has a fair amount of... I mean, we don't maybe have as much straight-up combo, but we have decks that function in a similar way. 
Like, maybe Grease Fang isn't a combo deck in a traditional sense, but if they bring back a Parhelion and Swing, you've probably lost the game. So, in yeah. a way, it is a combo deck. Those type of things, like Grease Fang and uh, Lotus and Phoenix, to some degree, they, like, really encourage you to, like, play at instant speed, right? I'm thinking a slower deck, you're, you very quickly want to be blue, uh, beyond things mm. like Mystical Dispute, Negate, Spell Pierce, those type of cards to, like, stop these combos. But if you're in black and but planeswalker decks, they want to tap out. Generally, you've got the Wandering Emperor, but like for the most part, they want to tap out, and that obviously doesn't really mash well. Because I'm like, oh, I'll play my Liliana Death's Majesty Pass, and they're like, okay, cool, Greasefang, you're dead now. But if you're in black and white, I think the combination of hand attack and stacks can like pull you through. You can just stacks people out the game thinking mm -hmm. um, cards like uh, Rest in Peace, Deafening Silence, you know, and then we've got like Thoughtseize, um, Agonizing Remorse, not very good right now, but like <laughs> a type of card that has seen play in the past. And those type of cards... We got the new one. A Pilfer? Yeah. It's got really cute <laughs> art with Tiny Bones on it. It's really funny. I know. Why didn't we get Tiny Bones in the set? <laughs> I want just actual so tiny bones instead of the Raven Man. Yeah, just go with yeah. Uh, go I, with. I Liliana. think tiny bones is awesome. But so you're in this like again like a Super Friends deck. You cannot build a deck with like twenty six lands, four sweepers, and thirty planeswalkers. Like that. That just that's just not gonna work. Um, mm. Straight up. But if you're playing black white or at least base black white, maybe you're Mardu or Esper or something in those lines. Um, Going, having these early few turns to get stacks pieces down, some even creatures, Arkan of Emeria. Thalia's a bit sketchy because you're going to play a lot of non-creature cards. Um, mm -hmm. Elite Spellbinder, those type of things. And then going into, you know, obviously when you stack someone out the game, their cards get stuck in their hand. Like if you can only cast one spell per turn, mm -hmm. the cards get stuck in hand. Well, that's where Liliana's just perfect. Because when your opponent cannot empty their hand, that means you can just strip it empty over the course of a couple turns. So I think being in that black-white shell is like a pretty good place to be if you want to play Super Friends. Moves away a bit from what you'd expect because generally the good Planeswalkers are in other colors. right? Yeah. Think Nyssa, Chandra, um, you know, a lot of blue Planeswalkers like Teferi are very powerful. Uh, Narset, and they're all in different colors. So I think that's also why Super Friends is a little awkward of an archetype, because in the current format, you kind of want to be in these ores of colors for the stacksy hand attacky pieces, but then you want to mm. be in different colors to actually play the best planeswalkers. But Liliana changes that now. Um, mm. Mardu is an easy place to go because of Fires of Invention. That's a shell where it can show up in quickly. Now, when you go Fires of Invention, you can then play Planeswalkers of any color, right? Because you've got fires, but like, you know, that's not the point of the question, I think, if you want to be mm. in an Orsoft Planeswalker deck. Um, most, there's a couple of good Gideons. Kartik Gideon, Ella of Zendikar are single-handed wing conditions. Also, again, going into that Staxi into Liliana into Gideon seems like a pretty good curve to me. Uh, mm. If you're playing against Grease Fang, just go for the absolute fuck you of just going Graf Digger's Cage into Rest in Peace. It'd just be like, no, we are not doing any of that. 
It has to be uh, the other one from Kaldheim. Oh, Weathered yeah. Runestone. Yeah. yeah cause well, but like Thoughtseize. Then like Thoughtseize, rest in peace. And then like Thoughtseize, yeah. rest in peace into potentially three mana Gideon. Um, Gideon of the Trials. And the Wandering Emperor. Uh, then Wandering Emperor. Um, Liliana. Gideon, ally of Zendikar. So like especially that. I'm thinking like Gideon of the Trials. Um, Liliana of the Vale, Wandering mm-hmm. Emperor, Gideon, Ally of Zendikar, and then maybe one of the cheaper Lilianas, maybe um, Waker of the Waker Dead. That's really good. Uh, is a pretty good one. Um, Soren, Soren's good. Soren's probably okay in this deck because it it just it's a Planeswalker that makes bodies so it can start winning the game. Or plusing it to infinity, it does like 13 damage to someone, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you gain 13 life. And you gain 13 life in case 13 damage wasn't enough yet. Um, <laughs> I won back You to even back have um, Sorin nice. Solemn Visitor, I think it is, from Tarkir. Yeah. yeah that one can one be pretty a, good. It makes a vampire, and yeah. Yeah, and that, that like... But it's plus one is little lackluster i think because it's it, it doesn't it just give all your creatures plus one plus oh and lifelink yeah. or something i think so but i mean if you have a gideon and you animate the gideon and you now give that's it lifelink that's like oh there's also terrible. gideon blackblade oh yeah gideon blackblade the only thing i don't like about it is that it's generally more effective if it has other creatures and you're probably gonna be low on those mm-hmm. but other than that what I, about I the, think what about like the anointed priest the new one the missionary, uh, Phyrexian missionary thing. No, 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 no. The the new, it's like it's like. Oh, uh, the three mana three three. No, it's a, it's like a no, it's like mm. a five five. I'm missing something. Wait, it, it might be a three three. You mean it's, anointed I, I peacekeeper? Being thick. Yeah. Is it just yeah, a three, three mana three three. Human cleric vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, look at a hand and then choose a card name. No, choose a card yeah. name. That one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's very wide on the art. He yeah, is he's, he's extremely thick. wide. Like, he is keeping the peace in a large area. Like, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just thinking, again, just sort of from the deck building exercise, I want as many of my plays that are not Planeswalkers to be in the early turns. Yeah. And then have... Temporary lockdown. Some that really temporary lockdown. Um, if you're in Orzov, you can run Path to Peril which is a really good sweeper, mm. but is often a bit yeah. awkward in its colors because it's often just running Demir decks and then we just ignore the fact that you can cleave it. So <laughs> it can be pretty good in there. Yeah. So I think that's that's where I'd go. So I think Gideon Control, basically, is actually a pretty decent Planeswalker shell, but I think you need a lot of stacks. And that's yeah, going to just make you, you have... a little weaker to, like... I think this this deck on paper sounds very weak to aggressive decks. So you might want to have a couple of the like knockout like Lyra Dawnbringer kind of cards to just get you mm. there. I mean, you could also play um uh there's what's it called? Um you can play the Trial of Ambition as an early yeah. like way to removal stuff. There's Oath of Kaya. There's Oath of Liliana. Um, there's Oath of... Uh, what's the Oath of Gideon? That one's yeah, a little... Um, two, two, one ones. But it is cool. I think... Is the Oath of Gideon that like your loyalty abilities give like an extra loyalty? Or I think they enter loyalty. with an extra Oh yeah, they enter ability. with an extra loyalty. Mm-hmm. 
Which kind of curves well into Gideon, ally of Zendikar, so it means you can emblem him without losing him, which is kind of cool. That's true. Sarah Paragon seems like it'd be kind of cool if you're playing all these three mana Gideons. You can just recast them over and over again. That's a cool one. And I think this obviously has to depend a bit on the deck builder itself. There are definitely Mm -hmm. like interesting cards that are less planeswalkery. I think Sarah Paragon is is like a very cool one. Um, But I think the person themselves said um, especially struggling to find two drops. Uh. I do think you... One, you could be pretty heavy on the black if you want to run mm-hmm. a card like Gifted Aetherborn, which I think is really good to hold the board down. Obviously, yeah. that is a card that is black-black. But Orso of Mana is really good. Like, mm-hmm. it is basically perfect. You've got your Fastland, you've got your Painland, but Painlands are obviously a little dubious in a slower deck. But even if you don't want to run that, you've got your Shockland, you've got your Slowland, you've got... Um, yeah, you've got your you've got your pathways, you've got your slow lands, you've got your fast lands, you've got your shock lands. Um, isolated chapels, your check that might be a little suspect. You have Urborg, uh, which always has the freebie that the moment you draw Urborg, you just play all your pathways on white. You've got pretty good yeah. ma- you've got pretty good utility lands in the color too, right? In Castle Lockthwain, and uh, I think in like that way, if you, you want to be Sarah more Paragon thing, you can do Field of Ruin stuff too. True. Oh, you oh, can I love field of ruin stuff. You can field of ruin people. That's pretty fun. Also, I was going to mention the Phyrexian Missionary from the new set. That's actually just a really good card on its own. It's a two. It's it's one and a white for a two three life linker mm. that has extra utility later. It's really good. Yeah, I think it brings, cards... brings back a creature, right? Or mm-hmm. is it permanent? Yeah. It, yeah, I think that card creature. is powerful, but that is very much in that like how creature versus planeswalker heavy are you? Because it only buys back creatures. Mm-hmm. If you're like, if your idea of Gideon control is just like four Liliana of the Veil, four Gideon of the Trials, two Gideon Ally of Zendikar, and you do generally fill the rest out deck out with creatures, then I think that Missionary is a mm. very good card. But is it already a lifelinker too? I thought it was just a two, it's two a mana two, two three. It's yeah. a two mana two three lifelink. Well, then that yeah. might actually be a pretty decent two drop, even just bringing back other copies of itself later. You can loop those. Yeah, but now if you sleeper. go into Sarah Paragon, you can now cast it and then kick it because it's still convert mana cost three. Oh yeah, but mm-hmm. and then wait, but can you just loop these? Uh, yes, you can. If you have four mana, you can just loop. Yeah, so that's actually like a decent two drop that you can keep looping to have a life linking body, which is pretty mm-hmm. strong against aggressive decks. So I think Phyrexian yeah. missionaries. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good two drop, even if you're pretty creature light. Also because some stacks pieces that you might want to play can be creatures thinking um, mm-hmm. Visit, Containment Priest, um, Archon of Emeria, Archon of Emeria. those yeah, type yeah, of yeah. cards. And then, you know, you want to buy them back with this anyway. And then you might not have to be too heavy on the black and your mana just gets a little easier. Because obviously... The Knowledge Sleeper is also really good too. It's the... Yeah, yeah, it's, like, uh, it's two mana for three one. Sack one, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Edicts. Like that is definitely a really cool include. Just two mana, uh, two mana three ones. Obviously not great, but it's fine, right? In a planeswalker style deck, th- the main point is just to have stuff on the board so you can block. And if your opponent the three one does just trade with anything. Yeah, it trades up quite well. And if your opponent throws removal at it, it's like, well, that's mana they're not using fighting your planeswalker, so. 
if they have to throw removal spell Banalish Sleeper, your Planeswalker's probably not taking as much damage, because I can imagine you play this on two, play Lily on three, Edict their creature, and now mm. if they spend time killing Banalish Sleeper, well, that just means Lily's not dead. Mm. I actually really like the flashing 1-1 one one makes a soldier token in this deck. Oh, because yeah. Because it makes two bodies to block, and on turn two, it lets you hold up mana for like Fatal Push, Vanishing Burst, Removal, as well as just going end of like, and then like if they have something to attack in, you can also just flash in the block. Um, yeah, that one's great. Uh, you've got Doomscar as a, um, as a sweeper, so you can foretell it mm -hmm. on turn two. So that could give yep. you something mm -hmm. to do on turn two. Uh, I think that two mana one one flash that you talked about. I think that one's really cool, especially if you are very planeswalker heavy, because if you have multiple planeswalkers, that means your opponent is gonna have to divide their attackers, and just having a creature that you can flash in and have two blockers. I can see a lot of scenarios where like two, like two or three creatures are attacking like your two planeswalkers. You flash this in, you just make two chum blocks that make both your planeswalkers live. Yeah. Yeah. So and then if you're playing the missionary card, you can kick that and bring that one buy back. Buy back and then play it again, right? If you've got six mana, you, you play this, get it. There's three chum blockers again. You're gaining some life. Yeah, I think that's a very effective way to keep your planeswalkers alive. So maybe the creature matchups aren't even that bad. Uh, you could also play High Priest of Penance. <laughs> <Which one's that? laughs> it's such a bad card. So it's a it's an Orzhov for a 1-1. One, one, whenever it's dealt damage, destroy target non-land permanent. <laughs> um... There's obviously <laughs> also Heart of Koran as a two-drop in a Planeswalker. It's super fancy. Mm -hmm. Which is just going to be and a two-mana 4-4 four, four if you have a bunch of Planeswalkers around. Oh, for sure. There's also that dog that draws a card when it ETBs. Uh, oh, yeah, there's that one, Spirited too. Companion. Yeah, Spirited yeah, Companion. Yeah, that one's really good. I think that one's sweet. The only problem I have with it is it's very weak to the board. And mm -hmm. I think for yeah. a Planeswalker deck to be effective, you want to be very like aggressively fighting the board on the first few turns. So yeah. think like Fatal Push, that Missionary, which is a pretty decent body. I think Banalish Sleepers are very good for that one because it just very aggressively <laughs> fights the board with having a high a high amount of power. Um, yeah. And if you play Birth of Miletus, by the way, you can, can also... sack the token too. Yeah. To the kicker um, for Banalish. Uh, but like Birth of Miletus, I think is okay. Again, I don't like that like it doesn't kill anything, but at least it like literally walls something. So that's fine. Mm. Right? It makes sure you hit your land drops. That's generally a thing you probably want to be doing in a deck like this. Think especially with kicking um mm. uh, kicking that missionary. You know, you don't mm. mind making going to your sixth or seventh land drop where you can just like fatal push your thought seize or something and then play this, kick it, buy something else, play that too. Right, so you you can have plenty of ways to spend your mana. You've got Castle Lockthwain in these colors. Hive of the Eye Tyrant is a very good man land. Um, castle Arden Wield mm. is also a decent castle. So I think there's there's a lot of play to the black white archetype. And coming to think about it, it sounds like the bits are there. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, we, it kind of seems like we deconstructed a Doom Foretold and then just made it into Planeswalkers. <laughs> True. It's a lot of the same cards. Yeah, I was thinking like you, I mean, you can probably squeeze this in a Doom Foretold shell and then just acknowledge that you will occasionally have to sacrifice your Doom Foretold to itself because like you want to mm -hmm. keep a Planeswalker around. But I think generally, mm -hmm. Doom Foretold plays a lot of weak cards, 
because yeah. it needs to play these like sort of egg-like cards. Like because Trial of Ambition, mm-hmm. you can play it, but it's not the best card ever. Um, mm. Right, it is a pretty. It's a two mana sorcery speed edict. Like it doesn't get much worse for two mana interaction. Yeah, and I have a... the things we were talking about now with the missionary and the paragon. Come back on that one, which I think is yeah. very powerful in this shell, especially if you're focusing on Liliana of the Veil and Gideon of the Trial. So you got a bunch of planeswalkers. Like seven mana, play a creature that is basically a must kill, and use that to get back a planeswalker. Like that is a very pretty nasty board to deal with, and it started with one card. Mm-hmm. I do have a question though. Let's say you go into Mardu. Um, purely for the fact that you can play Sarkin, that makes all your planeswalkers the dragons or whatever. I have a question. Mm. The new um, Radadrabic of Urborg, the skeleton. Mm-hmm. If you Sarkin and turn all your planeswalkers into 4 4 dragons in addition to them being Planeswalkers, and one dies, what happens to the token that he makes? I have no idea. Let me... That's a good question, actually. Because he's, so he's the four-mana zombie wizard for three. Or th- I'm sorry, three, three mm-hmm. for four. Vigilance, Ward 2. Other zombies you control Vigilance. Whenever another legendary creature you control dies, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's not legendary, and it's a 2-2 black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. I mean, I just think you get a Planeswalker that is a creature, but it probably enters with loyalty counters. I'm yeah, because... Just... Yeah. Yeah, well, even if it doesn't enter, it won't die, because it comes in as a 2-2. Yeah, so it's a creature mm. anyway. But, like, I think that, because, like, we have, like, Giada, so, like, Planeswalkers just can be creatures, and there's, like, rules for how... Does it have the type Planeswalker, though, I think is the problem. So, So in addition to its other colors and types. So, I think it would lose, it would die, because I think Planeswalkers all have the inherent text. If it has zero loyalty, they die, I think. I don't, I think that was the thing. No, because that was with Sarkhan. When people are like, what if a planeswalker loses all their loyalty when they're animated with Sarkhan? And I'm pretty sure the answer was it stays alive. Until oh, you go okay. to the end of turn, it stops being a creature. Okay. Is, is... So maybe it's if they have the creature type, they don't die. I can't remember. I remember this was the happening with that, that stupid sword from New Capenna. Yeah. There's like weird interactions where they die from having zero loyalty even though they're a creature. I don't know. I can't remember the dumb stuff. Wait, let me see. Um... Uh, no, I think it's fine because Gideon Blackblade specifies is a 4-4 human mm. soldier creature with indestructible. That's still a planeswalker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think because Gideon specifically keeps the planeswalker typing, I guess that like would then be okay. But he does die from having zero loyalty. Because, uh, okay. Oh, no, wait, because yeah, there was uh, the thing, thing with Heartless Act where if you Heartless Acted a gideon of the trials and put it to zero loyalty it would die but would it die end of turn or would it die immediately i forgot i I think they died immediately because i remember i uh blocked a questing beast with my with gideon one time it lost all of the or i attacked into a questing beast it lost all the uh loyalty on it because uh questing beast is dumb and then it died even though it had his indestructible yeah it says 
I've quickly tried to look at the rules. If a planeswalker has loyalty zero, it's put into its owner's graveyard. So yeah, they do actually. Yeah, so I think regardless of if it's a creature or not. But I do think nice. with the uh, multicolored that guy, uh, that they would just enter with loyalty. Yeah, for sure. Like, so they just enter as planeswalkers that are permanently creatures. Mm -hmm. And then you can attack creatures directly. And then you can attack no. planeswalkers with your planeswalkers, but your planeswalker cannot be oh, no. attacked. Exactly. I mean, that does include playing Sarkin and this bad four drop, and then having them die while Sarkin has them animated. So, hostile, yeah, hostile, hostile, playable. <laughs> Sack your own creatures to it. I love how we went into this a discussion of like four layers deep, and it's just like for this really bad card. <laughs> I mean that's what bad uh, cards tend okay, to do. Okay, hold on. The the the, the skeleton though with Saffronov's Lesserus playing all the legendary dragons from Kamigawa is fucking sweet. That one was sweet. I saw. Okay, that, that does sound sick. I especially loved the interaction where if Junji dies, you get that Viashino Warlock. Get that, mm -hmm. reanimate that, and that then allows you to cast your dragon because Junji says reanimate mm -hmm. a non-dragon. But that guy is not a dragon, but he can cast your dragons again. Even the same Junji. So just dies, get him, cast a Junji. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's really fucking cool. <laughs> the only, like, I looked at work. that, I was like, that seems... I mean, I'm saying it seems kind of playable, but it does have the problem in Pioneer that I just talked about with the Planeswalker deck. You're very sorcery speed heavy, and then you just get, like, quote-unquote comboed. Mm -hmm. Still probably fun. Oh, awesome. I love that three drop. Um, that dragon, uh, dragon tribal three drop. I think the card's super cool. So, as for yeah. uh, super friends in general, outside of just black white, is the only way really to do it is just going into fires? Yeah, but then also fires and doing something like stupidly unfair. Like, I think just playing fires on turn four. And playing a Chandra Torch of Defiance after, like, not having done anything early is a really good way of getting yourself killed. By, like, mm -hmm. yeah. oh, my opponent now takes five turns. Okay, cool, I'm dead. I think Fire's Transmog is a really good way to go about it. I think so, too. But that's just less Yeah, And then you're not super friends, really. Yeah. Well, your Planeswalkers are the ones making the tokens. Yeah, true. Sorry, the Transmog. So you play, like... A Gideon and... You play, like, Elspeth. You, you could play... Yeah, you could play new Gideon, new Jaya. I mean, Gideon Elf Zendikar makes tokens. Jaya makes mm. tokens, and then like um, Luca. Wanderer makes tokens. Yeah, and Luca yep. is a transmogrify uh, effect mm. too. Um, I just don't think I wouldn't feel like I'm playing a Super Friends deck at that point because they're not the star of the show. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But I think that is like a good way to take fires with a Super Frenzy element to it. Oh, by mm. the way, that is also the Elspeth escaping Elspeth. I don't know, that four drop. That's also a pretty decent mm. one for Black and White. Another yeah, value good. piece. True. Well, I guess at that point you can't play Rest in Peace because you're doing a lot with your graveyard, it seems, with the missionary. and. Uh... Well, I guess <laughs> not also... against the decks where you bring in Rest in Peace. Like, if I go yeah, against I Phoenix or Greasefang, I'm probably taking out that Elspeth and then putting in the Rest in Peace. There's also mm. uh, some validity to uh just playing four uh ley lines in the in the board instead yeah. of rest in peace true so you don't have to worry you don't have to spend mana fighting the art yeah. and then you can spend all that mana fighting the board yeah i think mm -hmm. that's reasonable oh i just 
I just realized we skipped one of the most powerful planeswalkers in Pioneer that you could play. You could play a Karn board if you wanted in this Orzhov one. I mean, yeah, it probably would be great. That's true. Yeah. Uh, you uh, can also go the answer is always Karn. Oh, yeah. If you go into... Oh, my God. If you go into Orzhov, you have white. You can do Karn. You can play the book combo. You can have Mutavolts mm-hmm. of some number and at least just have a random book combo in your deck as well. You can also play the Elspeth from fucking Nuka Penna if you're playing a lot of these two and like maybe mm. three drop like creatures and stuff. Also permanent. Also then, like Liliana and stuff like that. It's permanent, so it's not just creatures. So you just down tick the Elspeth and just drop fucking Lily on the board. Obligatory fuck Karn. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that card so much. It's getting so annoying and so many like deck building things. Every like dirtily deck people play, it's like, well, why aren't you playing Karn? And it's like, yeah, I guess I should. <laughs> cool. so but yeah. Karn is not as powerful as it is in modern because the artifacts you can grab aren't as good. Yeah, and so are the cards your opponent is playing, right? Exactly. In context, they're just as good. So it doesn't it doesn't matter. Not like in modern, you're grabbing mm-hmm. Time Vault, which is why that one would be too good. Like, yeah, <sighs> screw Karn. Build cool decks instead. At least, yeah, at least you can't grab uh, that stupid uh, bridge that makes you can't snaring attack. bridge. Oh I, no! Yeah, that one's the worst. <laughs> uh, no, so I'm glad want, that's not I pioneer the, legal. The fucking what's the lock? What's the lock? Uh, Microsoft internal there's yeah. yeah Microsoft lettuce. No. Or there's the one that. Uh, uh, co- liquid metal coating that also just kind of locks them out too because that's still legal modern yeah to tap stone rain for the rest of the game like, hmm. <laughs> but it also destroys like creatures and stuff too from using their abilities True. it's the worst alright well we are running at just about two and a half hours of this recording, <laughs> though I think t- about thirty minutes is us pre-rambling, so it's about a two-hour podcast. That's good for us, right? I think we did. Yeah, I have two hours on my thing. Cool, we did it. We did it. All right. First thing I, I want to say, like... thank you, Bridger, for joining us. Uh, Bridger, yeah. you are the host of the Shoxies podcast. But other than that, yep. let the viewers know where they can find you, who you are, all that good stuff. Plug yourself. Do it. Okay. Okay. Hi, everybody. I am a content creator over at PlainPioneer.com, the greatest magic website. Which where uh, we've been talking about a new. Uh, been talking about a new. Uh, sorry, I'm just can't talk. <laughs> anyway, we've been talking about a new uh, little zinger that goes along with the website, which is if you come once, you'll come every day. So that's <laughs> that's what's great about Plain Pioneer. <laughs> yes. And then, uh, if you want to find. Me anywhere uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Bridger, also an elk. And if you want to find me at, uh, I'm usually on most of the Pioneer Twitter, uh, not Twitter's uh, Discord. So if you want to find me there, because a lot of people like Pioneer Discords, you're, in, you're Discord, in most. I think there. everyone, that, every yeah. Pioneer Discord that I'm in, you're in. <laughs> exactly. And then if uh, I think that's where you can find me. If you want to find my podcast, it's the Shock Seas Podcast on most places you get podcasts. And that that's me plugging. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Right. I think uh, one thing we still want to get out, Brad, in regards to the other Patreon um, question. Um, so we, uh, I, I was, we I was just gonna it. fucking surprise that for the uh, for when we have the episode about it. 
No, but we oh, want to yeah, get we, people's we, yeah, cards right. in, right? I'm an idiot. Shut up. <laughs> Ta-da! Um, right, so another person on the angry cow tier is Will uh, Ferguson. Thank you very much for the support. And his question basically revolves around, like, pet cards. So discussing your pet cards, I mean, I think mine are pretty obvious, but uh, I always mm-hmm. like talking about Nicobola's cards. Um, so kind of what, like, pet cards you have, viability of those cards. He personally mentions um, really liking Brisella and the melt mechanic. But in order to talk about pet cards, we need your pet cards. So we're hoping to do this episode in the future. I imagine next week we'll probably still be talking about uh, Dominaria. We've got the second round of challenges coming in. Everybody should have all the cards they want now. So I expect next week we have quite a lot of Dominaria to discuss. But definitely mm-hmm. soon, uh, I because I really like this idea. We could do a whole yeah. episode revolved around uh, pet cards. It's kind of funny because Bridger, when I was on the Shoxies podcast with you, we kind of talked about this already about like oh, yeah. how to <laughs> how to build around like cards that you like. So um, if you want a preview of my thoughts, you could probably listen to that episode. I personally really like it, recording that one. I thought it was really fun. So I had a blast. Find us on uh, on Discord. So play away. You can drop it in the mailbag. You can find me and Brad on Twitter. Obviously me at uh, Alex Lockthwain, Brad at Bradsifer. And you can drop them there. You know, slide into our DMs. You know, DM me your pet cards. You can also add the Pio Perspective. Yes, also that. Pio send it in there. Anyway, you can find us on social media. Uh, drop it unless you randomly like find me on Facebook, because that A would be a little weird. And second, I'm never <laughs> on Facebook anymore, so I'll miss your message. So don't send it there. His last post but, is from 2018. I think <laughs> I remember because <laughs> I checked to make sure I spelled oh. your name correctly. <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it. So send us your pet cards. People have already been doing it in the Pioneer Perspective mailbag where during the recording we already tagged people to be like, hey, drop them in there. So gives us more stuff to talk about. I like talking about weird cards. Meta's fun, but weird cards are funner. Exactly. (laughs) And with that, we want to thank you for joining us today. We want to thank you for being here and listening to us ramble every single week. Thank you so much for our Patreons. Thank you for so much just listening. Any support that you can show, whether it's sharing the podcast, just giving us feedback, saying you like the podcast, telling us you fucking hate the podcast. I don't care. Anything is great. Feedback is wonderful. Support is the entirety of why we do this. You're the best. We love you. And we hope you listen to us next week. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everyone.